and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbine. I'm Brian Russell-Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sup Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your three funniest friends, which is us. Today we're talking about the Michael Cohen hearing and (laughs) North Korea. And Jacob Wall. Yeah, so let's just get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bet crazy. Ah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! It's all three of us today. Wow. Yes. Only Brian and I were on the schedule, but mm-hmm. then Elise could not stay away. She I, had so much to say. I yeah. couldn't. I was like, guys, I have to be on the podcast. Yeah. We weren't going to deprive her. No, I didn't watch yeah. Michael Cohen testify for seven hours to just keep <laughs> my thoughts to myself. Oh, my God. I saw a really funny tweet from Marissa Cabus, who's actually going to be on our bonus episode, <gasps> our new bonus episode series that we're starting this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. She is the guest, but she also tweeted something really funny yesterday. It was like me. I have, don't have the patience or the attention span to watch a movie. Also me. I'm going to sit for this seven hour congressional mm-hmm. hearing. I know. Yeah. I've like really like appreciated like as an adult I realized that I can just sit and watch C-SPAN sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's like It's like it's like our sports. Yeah. I literally said that yesterday. Yeah. I was like this is yesterday was one of the greatest days of entertainment for me. Like it was an award show and the Super yes. Bowl and like the the premiere of Vanderpump Rules it was, all in one. Yeah. It was a mile a minute. Uh-huh. Like yeah. it was just like every second you couldn't look away because something else was happening. I kind of wish we could have broken it down into like a trilogy. Yes, I know. So there was like part one, part two, part three. And you know, like then we could have like I would be in line at midnight for that premiere. All three of them. Dressed up as Michael Cohen. Like (laughs) Exactly. Like super excited. The fandom. That's what happens when you have a patchwork of lifetime crimes. Because you literally just have like literally there was so much like juice in it. There like it wasn't just like one thing. Like I had a trouble even explaining it to people because I was like, I got confused between which lie was even when and and for what. Because there's just so many crimes. It was so many lies. Yeah. So many indictments. But like also things I never even thought about. So many things that I was like, that what? Like what? Yeah. That's a Well, thing? we should get to it. Okay. But first, but first, we do have to something. talk about something else that's been getting us through the week. Yes. A yeah. A smaller story, but a juicy and beautiful story. Yeah. So the number one child troll of the internet, mm-hmm. you may know the name Jacob Wall. Yeah. I mean, I hate that we're even giving him this attention. Yeah. It's like me, we shouldn't, but we will. Okay, so he sucks, and he he's the one who you may recognize his name from the time that he tried to, like, falsely accuse Robert Mueller of rape, and he got this woman to, like, hold a press conference that she never showed up for. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just... A- and he started a website... That was supposedly the website that was like leaking all this information. But then when people traced the IP address, it was traced to his mom's house. Yes. <laughs> and, and also the people on the website were like celebrities. Like he used names of like fake names, pictures yeah. of celebrities. And like, like, yeah, he just like used Google images. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's I mean, truly, he's so an dumb. idiot. So dumb. Um, so he got suspended from Twitter forever because God. he tried to create fake accounts with the intention of impacting the 2020 election. He was just like making shit yes. up like straight up. And And he bragged about it in an article to USA Today. He was like, I am making fake accounts. And then Twitter was like, okay, you're suspended forever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Dumbass. He also, okay, this this came out from this website, Mm hillreporter.com. Apparently he tried to like scam them. So what happened was, 
there's these two people on Twitter, Brian Krasenstein and Ed Krasenstein. I'm mm-hmm. going to guess they're brothers. Yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> That'd be shocking and, if they yeah. weren't. And they basically, they were like trying to explore this woman who Jacob Wall got to fa- falsely accuse Mueller of rape. And they were like on the phone with her. And then they got a text from someone claiming to be her, like literally when like, wa- like an hour after they were on the phone with her. Mm-hmm. And they were like, they knew it was him. And they played along for a little while. And he like also basically like created like a fake search warrant from the, the Southern District of New York, which is a federal crime, guys. Uh-huh. Like, and so they played along with him, like fake texting them. And then eventually they were like, Jacob, like, we know this is you. Like, we were just on the phone with the person you're pretending to be. <laughs> and he was, and then he, like, started being, like, responding as himself. Oh, my then, God. But then, like, after they were like, you're going to be in trouble, he was like, wait, like, this, this is Carolyn, the woman. And <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you guys got to read the article. You guys got to read the article. It is one of, like, the funniest things ever. If like, you're, he's like, just so dumb. You're just like, people are, like, too dumb to do anything just like go home and just yeah, do nothing yeah. he's already home at his mom's <laughs> you actually do have to be like kind of smart to commit high level crimes like this yeah. like these aren't like petty thefts these are like intricate conspiracies that these people are trying to put together and i think if we've learned one thing it's just like they're all too dumb to do the crimes that they're trying to do right. like they don't have yeah the ability to keep up the scam Right, I mean, they're all just a bunch of Don Juniors running around thinking oh, that Don no Jr. one can trace their IP address or like <laughs> no one's looking at their bank accounts yeah. and that no one's looking at their cell phone calls and that like having your signature on a reimbursement check for hush money payment is like totally okay. I feel like it also comes from like a misunderstanding. Like th- I think a lot of them actually believe that the media just like reports shit. Like they don't understand that journalists actually have like a job that they yeah. do and that they look into like the things that people tell them. They don't just like see a website and they're like, well, this is a website, so we're going to report on it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like Jacob Wall is just like, well, I made a website and I texted them. So like, what else are they going to do? And it's like, no, these are journalists. Like you're dealing with professional like researchers, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, they of themselves, they first, first of all, they believe Fox News. So yeah. like they think that every anytime someone says something like it's correct. So that makes sense. That, yeah. Like they think that's correct. They, they would think that other people would believe this shit. And also like. They're just not, they haven't really had any consequences. Like Don Jr., yeah. Jacob Wall, like they're children. Like they're literally, Don Jr. is still a child. So it's like. 41-year-old yeah. child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like, they, they're just not used to like experiencing consequences and like yeah. people calling them out. And like, they didn't have to work that hard for their jobs. So like, why would it, why would a journalist go do their job? Well, that's like with like, we're not going to talk about this, but like with, with Ivanka, like criticizing um, AOC's like plan for like the Green New Deal and like a, a required minimum wage. She's like, I think Americans want to earn what they're supposed to. It's like, bitch, what? you never had a real job in your You're, entire yeah. life and everything you've had has been handed to you. Yeah, like, you actually have, on a golden platter. Yeah. You have actually that made me so mad. That like you never Ugh. worried about your salary. You have never, ever, I feel like you've never, you've even never had been to, hungry. Like, no, you've, you've never like nothing. had to sacrifice. Other than when you're yeah. starving yourself for yeah. a modeling gig. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, even I then she was probably on methamphetamines and didn't feel hunger. Well, Cohen she said got that actually dirty doctor. Cohen said that uh, Trump doesn't rail Adderall, which made me sad. Honestly, maybe he doesn't private. That that Ivanka yeah. thing made me so mad. But I think that she's gonna probably be in like some degree of trouble, or like maybe she won't. But like she's disgraced. So yeah. she is a disgrace. So let's move on to the testimony. Ah. 
Okay. The main event. Okay, the main event. Seven Guys, hours. Seven hours of the greatest entertainment, the greatest show on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, they can steal that slogan from the circus. <laughs> <laughs> it was, in many yeah. ways, a circus. So, basically, Michael Cohen gets gets to the podium or table or whatever it was and he gives like an opening statement like i've never even i've never i can't even believe that that this person is describing someone who is a president well even in even if he's an illegitimate one like he is like he's gonna be like on the page with all the other ones Mm -hmm. like yeah and we like even had his opening statement before he said it but it was still like so impactful just hearing him read it we actually have a quick clip we're gonna play from it I am ashamed because I know what Mr. Trump is. He is a racist, he is a con man, and he is a cheat. It just makes you want to go watch The Godfather. Yeah, I know. I'm like, sounds about right. Also, kudos in advance to whoever plays Michael Cohen in the biopic to come. They get to have so much fun. Mm -hmm. Who do you think it should be? Steve Carell. Oh, ben, yeah. oh wait, I was gonna say Ben Stiller, but doesn't he already pay, play him on? Oh, does he play? He plays SNL? him on SNL. Or does he play? But I feel like Steve whatever. Carell could really bring like yeah. a like nuance Adam to the Sandler. performance. I feel like they look like he looks like Adam Sandler. <laughs> oh, like I actually think he does like look like Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. He looked very sad. He did. But I did love like the tri-state borough um, representation. Accent. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like it. It, Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump. <laughs> yeah. Every time he said Mr. Trump, I was like, we I mean, we've made this point so yeah. many times on the pod, but I'm like, you're all just mob people. Yeah. Like yeah. Mr. It's like, Trump. Also, can we put some wind socks on these um congressional microphones? And like that P sound that they got, like the p- 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 Mr. Oh. Trump. It's like, okay, guys. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, that's just Trump. like a little that's sound like, editing. Yeah, something from you from like a technical perspective. <laughs> yeah. I have like your really expertise. bad hearing, so I never like noticed that. That's why I talk so loud, guys. Um, okay, so let's run through it. We're going to first talk about like his overall portrayal of Trump, the Trump family, yeah. how they run things, how they run their businesses, yes. and just generally that. Then we're going to go into the damning illegal shit. Yes. Um, and then we're going to go into the petty... The petty things. Yeah. The, the things that Michael Cohen put in there just to like really dig the knife yeah. in deeper. Like shit that clearly did not need to be in his yeah. opening statement. Also <laughs> yeah. like amazing to for him. Like he has the comebacks. Like even the ones that were in rehearse. They were there. He. What I will say is that Michael Cohen is a low level criminal. He's a bad man. But he did good at this hearing. Yeah. Like he faced way more aggressive shit than let's say brett kavanaugh face yes and he did not like lose his mind well i think he it. was really reaching down deep to mm-hmm. be his authentic self and it worked yeah mm-hmm. i did like that he constantly had to be like i am going to jail <laughs> yeah. he like said yeah. it multiple times he is like i am a criminal i'm going to jail yeah which was good because like they're they're all like saying like you're a liar you're a liar you're this you're that mm-hmm. and he's like yeah i fucking said it i am like yeah. i'm a liar but that doesn't mean i'm lying now so okay um, and then after we get into the petty shit, we're going to talk about the Republicans. And then we're just going to like talk about our feelings a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Just okay. like a little check in emotionally. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about like the way he portrayed this organization. Because we said it a lot of times that it's basically a mob family and that the cases against him are essentially like Rico cases. Yeah. But let's go into the details. Um, so he basically kept receiving like saying like I've worked for the Trump organization for 10 years. Um, and basically explained how everyone in the Trump organization knows that 
the president Trump is going to lie and that they are going to have to cover for those lies. Mm -hmm. But he also talked about how Trump would make like make you say something to make you lie. He wouldn't be like, go lie about it. He said something about like, Mr. Trump would be like, go up to you and be like, oh, that's a great tie, isn't it? And then he'd be like, yeah. And then you're supposed to say, like, yes, I agree. So it's like, what he was kind of discussing was like, he and Donald Trump would have a meeting about Mm. Trump Tower Moscow. And then afterward, Mr. Trump would be like, now I'm calling him Mr. Trump. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That literally was not even like, that was just like, like natural. I just called him that. Uh, and then, like afterwards, Trump would be like, "There's no collusion with Russia." Like he would just say it. Well, he'd be like, "There's, like, there's no, no like, business in Russia." There's no, there's business, no business in Russia. In Russia. Like immediately after speaking about it, and you, you'd be like, "Okay." Uh, and then your understanding, <laughs> what you take from that, is like, "Oh, we're saying there's no business in Russia," but he's like not gonna be like. Michael, we're not telling anybody about this. He's also not going to be like, we're like, we're canceling it. He's not saying like, stop negotiating. Yeah. He's saying like, he's look, he obviously learned, learned this from Roy Cohn. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I mean, it works because <laughs> on, on MSNBC, they were discussing, they're like, how do you handle something like that? When someone t- like, how do you, how can you get him in trouble for supporting perjury when he actually like his words at face value did not say that. It's so crazy to me that the like, the law doesn't have a way to deal. I mean, we do, well, but like, well, like the way that I, what I, what I heard them say was that like the way they're, they can get around that is that like, if multiple people who work for him and have that experience with him can like corroborate that, that's yeah, can, how like, it works. Attest yeah. to his intent, yeah. which like, yeah, everyone I'm sure yeah. could, yeah. could corroborate that. Mm-hmm. But he's, he's literally like the mob boss in breakfast at Tiffany's like talking to Holly Golightly. And he's like, the weather is great in Poughkeepsie. And she's like, okay. And then like, she tells them that yeah. like, it's, he's like giving messages. <laughs> um, Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Cohen also talked about how Trump would regularly inflate and deflate the value of his assets to avoid taxes or so he could like get on the Forbes list. Um, The AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, actually asked him some great questions about Mm -hmm. that. Um, And we have another clip we can play. Yeah, full of clips. To your knowledge, did the president ever provide inflated assets to an insurance company? Yes. Who else knows that the president did this? Alan Weisselberg, Ron Lieberman, and Matthew Calamari. And where would the committee find more information on this? Do you think we need to review his financial statements and his tax returns in order to compare them? Yes, and you'd find it at the Trump Org. Thank you very much. Yeah. Alan Weisselberg, Matthew Calamari. Of course his last name is Calamari. I know. I was, I mean, first of all, the fact that someone named Matthew Calamari was implicated (laughs) is so crazy. And I looked, so I immediately looked up Matthew Calamari because I was like, I need to know who this is. And Matthew Calamari, I keep saying his name. (laughs) Matthew Calamari is I just keep picturing Calamari. Like, I know know that that's the obvious thing to say. He looks like a Matthew Calamari. He's like a big, kind of like burly Italian guy with a mustache. He has tentacles. And he has tentacles (laughs) and he's like fried in batter. Um, (laughs) He was Trump's bodyguard because he was like hired. He was hired on like, like on a day long job. And then he like body slammed someone. And Trump was like, this is a great bodyguard. It was like at the US Open or some shit. Yeah, he body slammed someone. Trump saw him like beat the shit out of some guy. He's like, I want him. Yes. I read about that somewhere. So then somewhere. Trump hired him and then Matthew Calamari, he like really liked Matthew Calamari. So he worked like through the ranks of the Trump organization mm-hmm. and now he's like an executive vice president at the Trump organization. I feel like he just liked him because he was like named after fried food. Yeah. He was like, he was I just like, like he's yeah. like about him. 
Well, it's, th- this line of questioning was really exciting because, you know, you, we were all, everyone was so looking forward to seeing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez question him. Mm-hmm. And she just basically did exactly like her job. And yeah. it, all of her questions have like led to this idea that there will be further investigations yeah. into those things she's asked about. Right. I mean, the one thing that, that people have been trying to get their hands on are his tax returns. And this finally actually gave like an excuse to get them because yeah. there was something in a legal testimony in front of Congress that would cause us to need to see that. Yeah, the so, House can subpoena them. The reason the House hadn't done that before is because it was Republican controlled. Now, Ocasio-Cortez very smartly laid out the case for the Democratic controlled House to interview Matthew Calamari, Weisselberg, like all these people and Joe to Rubin. subpoena the tax return. So I thought it was really cool that she used her moment in a really strategic way and not in like a grand standy. Like she could yeah. have used it to make a statement about like, and she kind of did about like wealth or kind of like promote her ideas, but she really just like strategically nailed down like three people who now should be in, in, interviewed in front of this committee mm-hmm. and a very solid reason to get his tax returns. And she also had a line of questioning where she was like, um, David Pecker, uh, she was talking about um, this treasure trove of documents that Michael Cohen kept like talking about that David Pecker supposedly has that Trump wanted to get back. Cause David he was, Pecker like, is the national Enquirer. Guy. Yes. The, the president of AMI, which owns the national Enquirer, our friend David, etc. Um, and he, he apparently has this, they kept calling it a treasure trove of documents. And Ocasio-Cortez was like, so would David Pecker be the person to ask about those documents? And Michael Cohen was like, yes. Right. I love how she was the only person who was like trying to get other people involved. Yes. No one else was like, who should we ask? Like, like that seems like an obvious line of questioning. I feel like a lot of Democrats came to play and then some, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. What are you asking about? Why? Why are you wasting this really valuable time? We'll get into in that in our petty section. section. But I did, I did think it was interesting the way he portrayed the organization, like saying that, that Trump, even though he doesn't work very hard, he still knows about everything that's going on. Like he's very much abreast of all of the, of all of the goings on. Yeah. Yeah. And he also said that that Michael Cohen on Trump's behalf had threatened over 500 people like that's crazy. I in some z- form. <laughs> I threatened zero people ever. Like, yeah. like I feel like most people I know the same would apply. Yeah. Once you're how do you get to 500? I don't know. I can't even think of like threatening one person. Exactly. Like o- over 500. Yes. It's crazy. And these aren't literally even just legal threats. Like sometimes he was literally threatening to fight them. Yeah. Like, like a, I yeah. mean, Stephanie Daniel, oh, Stephanie Daniels, Stormy Daniels. <laughs> Stephanie yeah. Clifford. Stephanie, yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's yeah. an understandable mistake yeah. to make. But I mean, he, I also thought it was interesting that he implicated the kids like a, fr- like a crime family. He said that he briefed Ivanka and Don Jr. on the Russia project. He said that he had witnessed John Jr. whisper to Trump that the Russia meeting was set. He said that he like walked behind the desk and said and heard him say the meeting is set. And he yeah. knew he was referring to Russia. And he was like, it's weird for anyone to walk behind the desk, especially Don Jr. because his dad hates him. Um, right. <laughs> it's weird that he would allow him anywhere near him to whisper about anything. I can't uh, believe Don Jr.'s like most, you know, aggressive act of lo- in pursuit of his father's love is the one that's going to get them all so fucked. I know. I it's, mean, not, sh- not shocking at all. Because no. if Trump was right about anything, it's that his son has really 
really bad, bad fucking judgment. judgment. <laughs> yeah. um, and also, this is huge because Don Jr. testified before Congress that he only knew about the Russia, ta- like the Trump Tower Moscow project peripherally. So they are so fucked. I'm yeah. so excited. I mean, yeah. Trump, Jay Sekulow, who's Trump's lawyer, actually looked over Michael Cohen's first testimony to Congress, which is where he lied. Like the, which yeah, he's the now, one he's going, he's going to, going jail, to jail, for. jail for. And then they said that he altered the timing of the Moscow deal. Like what he said, how long they said they were working on it. And also Ivanka and Jared Kushner's lawyer were also involved in like the specific wording of his testimony. Yeah. So like Ivanka... I know this is probably like fucked up and like maybe even sexist, but like I want to see her in an orange suit the most. <laughs> yeah. Really? Mine is mine is actually I mean, it would be crazy to see Ivanka in it, but I think I my like top she deserves it. Like she does she gets she gets so she's so untouchable and I'm just like fuck that bitch. Like I mean, seriously. if she falls it would be huge because I guess I just never even considered like I've always been like Ivanka's not it's not going to happen to her but I yeah. do want to see Don Jr. Yeah. and Jared well, the get thing, in the that thing about Don Jr. is like I have no doubt in my mind that Don Jr. is going to get indicted like yeah literally no doubt he's the big he I feel like he's the big fish to fry I mean what about the fact that he said that if Trump loses in 2020 he doesn't think there will be a peaceful transition of power like what does that make you think i mean that was terrifying that's terrifying and also like what's he gonna do i mean national emergency i need to be president i i mean try to seize the army like Like, what do do people how do people who coup do yeah (laughs) how do you do the coup that you do i've never cooed before i've never i'm i don't know he he refuses to leave i mean there's this whole thing about like the sergeant of arms and then like eventually the secret service would eventually forcibly remove him yeah what i get worried about is like him him calling to arms like the his supporters the magas. yeah the magas. the magas because i do feel like the u.s military would literally be like on January 20th yeah. they would be like we no longer answer to you we now answer to this other person Kamala Harris. like yeah. you yeah <laughs> like President Harris will be like you need to leave the white house sorry office. like you're in yeah. the way of the movers there's yeah. furniture can't you see <laughs> he, he just refuses to leave and she's in the oval every day and they're like ignore him he won't yeah. go yeah he like, chains himself to the desk yeah, like he's, okay. he's really hungry but if you can see he's lost a bunch of weight so <laughs> it's really working <laughs> but um yeah I mean that would be the craziest is if he did so- whatever Okay. I can't even like go down. Let's that hope we don't need to go there. Day. And yeah. then he yeah. gets indicted for the illegal shit that he did. Cause there's one thing that I think a lot of people were really focused on. Mm-hmm. And that was Trump's knowledge of the WikiLeaks drop, yes. which he found out from Roger Stone. So Michael Cohen confirmed that Roger Stone told Trump in advance about the WikiLeaks email drop in July, 2016 days before the democratic convention. Mm-hmm. He said that he was in his, Michael Cohen says he was in, Trump's office and he got a call from Roger Stone who was on speakerphone and said and he said I just got off the phone with Julian Assange who said that within a few days there will be a massive dump of emails damaging to Hillary's campaign and Trump said something that was like wouldn't that be great yes but the reason that this is so damning is because that apparently means that Trump lied in his written statements to Mueller yeah which he like took years to answer anyway and this specific lie about not knowing about the WikiLeaks thing mm-hmm. was exactly what Roger Stone was indicted for. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And th- so one thing I wanted to say is like, this is probably some tip of the iceberg stuff because actually the Democrat, but everyone on the committee was instructed not to go too far down the Russia path because yeah. it's an ongoing investigation. So there were like, there are things that, Michael Cohen couldn't even talk about. Well, that's in like this that. Hearing. Like reminds me of like so they asked. 
So after the FBI had raided Michael Cohen's house, they were like, did you have any more communication with the president or his aides? And he said, actually, I can't talk about that because it's under investigation by the Southern District of New York. Yeah. Which is like, okay, so you did talk to him after you, you got raided. What the fuck did yeah, you talk so about? Yeah, so even like, it's and so... That, what's, sorry, yes, what's no. exciting about that is, is like, obviously, the, like, the FBI was already looking into Michael Cohen because they just raided his house. And then... Trump tried to contact him. They were definitely like wiretapping his phones. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's just crazy to That's think so this testimony like was giddy. so. Same, I'm a little giddy. It was so juicy to watch this. And it's actually just the tip of the iceberg because the juiciest shit, like the biggest bombs, are all the things that Michael Cohen couldn't talk about. Like, in an all open the, hearing. Yeah. Like, exactly. they're had the, they had the, having another closed door hearing yes. today and they have a closed one on Tuesday. Yeah. So, like, what the fuck are they saying there? Yeah, this was like, juicy. This was like literally just Do you think this Jim stuff. Jordan is as mad in the clothes one or is that just for TV? <laughs> I think that Jim Jordan is as mad in his daily life. Um, okay. You know what else I found to be like really satisfying yet extremely damn- damning is damning. Yeah. The check. <gasps> the check. That was literally had his fucking ugly toddler signature mm-hmm. on it to pay back Michael Cohen for his payment to Stormy Daniels. I just it's think it's just, also, yeah, it's also interesting to think of like, remember there was like, there was no payment. Then it was. He paid it he, with himself. He paid it for himself and did not expect reimbursement. Yeah, just and out Trump of love for Trump. didn't know about it. And then Trump's like, oh yeah, I did know about the payments. Or and then I did, you know, like it was, there's yeah. all these escalations. But along with his check means there's false invoices. Yeah. Because he like had to come up with fake dirty reasons buck. to yeah. give him the invoices. Yeah. I mean, even that like that balance sheet that they showed that he submitted to Forbes was like literally fire festival sheet. Yeah. Like, yeah, actually. We, <laughs> do, we do have a clip yes. that we can play uh, about this. I am providing a copy of a $35,000 check that President Trump personally signed from his personal bank account on August 1st of 2017. When he was president of the United States, pursuant to the cover-up, which was the basis of my guilty plea to reimburse me, the word used by Mr. Trump's TV lawyer for the illegal hush money I paid on his behalf. This $35,000 check was one of 11 check installments that was paid throughout the year while he was president. I hear all the sounds. Yeah, I was like, well, now Brian was just vindicated in a major way. I'm like crying with how many P's were in that statement. Like so many. And he popped Every single and I also like, I like you refer to Giuliani as TV lawyer. Same. Savage. First of all, that literally sounds like the yeah. in a club. It was, it, I, it's so funny that that clip came right after like, you made because there was could have been no better um, example of what you were talking about. And I fully hear what you mean. Well, so this check wasn't the only check that was signed. There was another $35,000 check um, from the Trump organization that was signed by Donald Trump Jr. and Alan Weisselberg. Uh. And Congressman Rokana did a great like line of questioning about this about how like so these guys knew about the payments they knew they were not for this they were dirty books so we should talk to them right and he's like yeah yeah I um Michael Cohen I felt like was like really I I could feel his like crimes and his like guilt like coming off of him like I could feel (laughs) his his repentance I felt his repentance I really did like and you know what like 
I'm not one to like shit on his repentance. So. But I um another thing that I really liked about this talk about the check. So obviously these were installments that were being paid to Cohen. Because it would be weird if it was like, oh, 130, the exact number. <laughs> yeah. So but at one point they asked him about also, Trump it. Trump doesn't have all that money. Yeah. yeah. But one time, at one point they asked him about it and he was like, yeah, they were paid back in installments. Obviously, I would have liked to get all of it at once. But, you know, yeah, I just thought it was so funny that he's like, I mean, obviously it would have been better if I could have gotten a big check. But you know how these things go. These crimes, you know, how it goes with crimes. You got to move the money around. That's so funny. Okay, let's go into like the petty shit. Yeah. Because uh, that's that's what really that filled in the gaps between the between the actual crimes. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so, obviously the fact that he thinks that Don Jr. is his dumbest child yeah. is like so funny. Uh, Michael Cohen said, "Mr. Trump had frequently told me and others that his son Don Jr. had the worst judgment of anyone in the world." I was like, "It's in just the world. in the world." And it's just so funny to me because, first of all, Don Jr.'s entire life is trying to gain approval from his father that he will never get, much like his father's life before him. Yes. It's a sad mm-hmm. cycle of sad, the sins sad, of the sad fathers. men. <laughs> yeah. They're passing down. It's familial trauma. It's a whole thing. Yeah. But anyway, the fact that Don Jr., first of all, like live tweeted the whole thing. So we know he's watching. And so to just like... That didn't need to be in there. Like, he did not need to say that. He could have just been like, I saw Don Jr. do it or whatever. But instead, he's like, I'm going to make sure to include in this testimony because I know Don Jr. will be watching that his dad says he's an idiot to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And to speak of the intelligence of the Trump family, I also thought it was really funny that he mentioned that one of the 500 people he threatened was the college board and his schools to not release his grades in SAT score. That was one of the things I never thought about before. I was like I, I before that Michael Cohen says to me I've never even like been curious about like how how Donald Trump did in school or what his SAT scores and now I'm dying to know I know Definitely now I'm like two four hundred I'm like <laughs> release them I know release them Which is college board yeah because Trump would like criticize Obama yeah. for not re- releasing his right and he would also criticize his son for being stupid yeah. so it's like yeah. how dumb are you also. For Trump to criticize Obama and say he was a bad student when Obama's like clearly a genius. He was like, yeah, I know. He was like the executive editor on the, the Yale like legal like, ha- Harvard Law the, Review. Law it's like he was like the first black person to be the editor in chief yes. of the law review. Yeah, yeah. Like, the he's Harvard also the first law black review. president. Like, yeah. it's just like what the fuck? Also, dude? like that man reads more than anybody. Yeah, and he actually wrote all his, his books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't want to put that much um uh like into the idea of standardized testing because some people are smart without that. Yeah, but still. True. Yeah. He's probably no, pretty it's, dumb. It, but it's okay. It's not that he did poorly yeah. on his SATs. Like George Bush's grades were shit too. Yeah. But like the point is that he threatened the college board and his yeah. high school. Say he's so like, he's so insecure about it. He can't just be like, yeah, I wasn't the best student. It wasn't my deal. I had test anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> like just be like, yeah, I wasn't good at tests. It's like Multiple I have ADD. Choice. I take Adderall for like, it. Yeah. Like, the fact that he even thought to threaten those institutions like, yeah. is funny. Like, Because then he knows because they must have been horrible. They and that's the other so stuff horrible. that I feel like Michael Cohen and did throw in things that he was just like I just want to hurt them because he's gone on he's like gone on Twitter and called me a rat and threatened my family so I'm gonna tell everyone that they should know his SAT scores are wrong and like also like when he looked when he told the story about how he doesn't have medical records for skipping Vietnam and he looked straight into the camera and said it is ironic that Mr. Trump is in Vietnam right now yes he knows his angles he, he does. does he really Wait. does Elise I'm gonna let you unload your favorite part of this petty um, shit list. 
Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the portrait that Donald Trump purchased of himself for $60,000, uh, which he paid for with money from his charity. Um, so the, a couple things about the portrait. He used a, he found out about the portrait from an article, which was one of the receipts that Cohen brought was this article that he had mm-hmm. flagged and been like, you heard about this portrait of me? That's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> the portrait I found out is nine feet tall, <laughs> which is higher than the ceilings in my apartment. Yeah. Three feet taller than the man himself. Yeah. <laughs> It's a larger-than-life portrait of Donald Trump. Trump sees news of this portrait. He's like, I got to get it. (laughs) I got to have this in my collection. Which, by the way, this is not the only portrait Trump bought of himself with money from his charity. He has also purchased two other slightly smaller, five-foot, six-foot-tall portraits of himself with charity money. This was just the largest. The The other fucking thing about it is like, the bid was like it was like they they rose the bid themselves to pay sixty thousand yes, dollars. This is it was going to be twenty thousand dollars, and they were like, it. he wanted Let's spend an extra forty. The, he wanted to go for the most amount of money of yes. all the portraits, and he there's a tweet that people found from like 2013 where he's like, I just heard that my portrait went for the highest <laughs> price at the at it's the auction. The saddest. Like every element of the story is so sad. One, to pay a person to falsely drive up the bid on a portrait of you just so that you can buy the portrait of you (laughs) with money from your fake charity. Right. The amount of insecurity that requires. It's like, okay, you know the movie The Dictator, which I actually just watched like mm -hmm. the other day. Again, um, it's one of my favorites. Is that that the Sasha Baron Cohen one? Yeah, that is like something like The Dictator would have a nine foot portrait of themselves. It is so dictatory, like like tin pot dictatory. It's like not even like Putin dictatory. It's the most. I was. I want to paint. Dying. I want to paint a portrait of Obama that's ten feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> like it. No longer the tallest portrait. Just because. Yeah. It truly. I was walking because eventually I did have to like leave my home during this. So I was like listening to the coverage live, and it was during like the break where they have this reporter on who has apparently been covering the other two portraits. And they were like, did you know about this portrait? And he was like, no. (laughs) So that's, and he was like, and the interesting thing is that this portrait is nine feet tall, which is much larger than the other two portraits. And I literally stopped dead in my tracks. I was like, it's nine feet (laughs) tall, psychotic, psycho. It's like an Olympic swimming pool. It's it's a huge (laughs) portrait. It's huge. I actually want to see it. Same. I, I I hope that when all is said and done and there's a museum to all this chaos. Yeah. It'll be in the Smithsonian. Smithsonian and Trump is not going to have a library of Congress. Cause no. Because he doesn't have it. He, he doesn't read. No. <laughs> he doesn't read. So just put the portrait there. Some yeah. other petty shit that um, Cohen went about is like he talked about all the racist shit that Trump yes. has done. Yeah. That wasn't that. I didn't see how that really tied in, but like, uh, great. I'm glad, I'm glad you're that he called it, it out. He right. said, um, he, he asked, uh, Cohen to name one country that is run by black people. That isn't a shithole while driving through Chicago. And this was while president Obama was president. And he said only black people can live like this, like in reference to Chicago. And then he said, black people would never vote for me because they're too stupid. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, that's, that's like, that's again, not why they I, won't vote for you, bro. That's not why they're not voting for you. It's actually, they're not voting it's for you because like, they have like heads on their shoulder. They understand what's fucking happening here. 
Um, Which kind I of, feel, yeah. I felt like, you know what? I hate that none of that really packed any punch because like I knew it. You I know? felt like him actually saying it in the opening t- like statement. I felt like that moment was powerful. And then right. it did lead to yeah, let's, yeah. this crazy back and forth with Rashida Tlaib and Mark Meadows where Mark Meadows brought out like the one black woman Trump knows other than Omarosa. <laughs> and he was like, she works at the White House. How can Trump be racist if he has one black employee? And, and literally, Mark Meadows had this woman stand up behind him, and then he was like, "Okay," he like shushed, like shushed her to like sit down, and then he started talking about something that had nothing to do with what. It was so. It was so bizarre. Bizarre. And um, we actually have a clip yes. of Rashida Tlaib talking to Mark Meadows about it. Just to make a note, Mr. Chairman, just because someone has a person of color, a black person working for them, does not mean they aren't racist, and it is insensitive that some would even say the fact that someone would actually use a prop, a black woman in this chamber, in this committee, is alone racist in itself. Donald Trump is setting Mr. President, Chairman, I ask I, that her words Donald be Trump taken down. Donald Trump is setting down. a president. I reclaim my time. Mr. Donald Chairman, Trump is setting a president. Mr. Chairman, the highest office can be a Mr. Chairman, the rules are clear. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wasn't wrong. I mean, Show me the lie. The, the premise that it makes someone not racist to have a black person working for them. Like, what do you think slavery was? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, literally. Well, also, I mean, it just goes for that just goes for any company. Like you can't but any organization. You can't be like, oh, well, they have one person of color who works for them. So they're not racist. It's like, OK, well, how well are they paying this person? How's this yeah. person respected in the office? Where are what? Like, like, let's look actually also, like there's one person. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like let's look actually at how they're physically treated, not just that they're in the room. And Rashida Tlaib wasn't the only like congressperson of color to call him out on that, but she was the one that was like, that was racist. And then Mark Meadows is like, like anger in that statement and saying he's not racist was like pretty like, you wouldn't get so angry if it wasn't true. A, B, that footage of him resurfaced of in 2012, like he was was basically giving like substantiating birtherism. He said... Is it's the time we're going to send Mr. Obama home to Kenya or wherever it is. It's like that yeah. sounds pretty racist That's, too, bro. Yeah. I also felt like Rashida Sleep couldn't really defend herself because I feel like she's on a little bit of like a not a probation literally, but like after the comments that like when she called him a motherfucker, like I yeah. feel like she had to show some restraint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she couldn't go all in, but yeah. I I think that she was, and she's a she's a freshman congresswoman, so she's probably like I don't this is like baby's first hearing. Like yeah. she probably didn't like know how she should handle it like because he is like a ranking member compared to her so. yeah but i'm glad that she said he's it in that explicit of terms because it's like yeah that's fucking crazy that you just like ha- make this woman stand up anyway um that was a wild moment wild wild wild, wild. there were also parts where where cohen seemed to exonerate him which i actually think elevated his credibility yes. like for example he said that someone asked him about a, t- a tape that allegedly exists of trump hitting melania in an elevator he said that that's not really his kind of thing he would never do that i've never he heard th- of that i hadn't either but it's one of those things that's probably just like journalists talk about but they don't have corroborated yet yeah but he was really like strongly like i don't i that's not correct like right. he's like i don't think that trump would ever do anything gla- like that i'm glad he did that because yeah. it made him seem like he was not lying like yeah he um he denied he went to Prague I still don't know did Michael Cohen go to Prague big question maybe he did honestly maybe he didn't go to Prague maybe that's a piece of information that in the dossier got sort of 
flipped like confused mm-hmm. like maybe it was someone else who went to Prague mm-hmm. and they got like confused who it was like I don't I'm not sure he also denied that Trump paid $15,000 to an employee whose child he fathered so I mean I think you need like a good mix of shooting down the rumors and yeah asserting the true facts that there was are one, damning. There was one Democratic congresswoman whose name I don't have in front of me, but she asked a bunch of questions where I, this is what we were going back to. Where I was like, why are you using your time like this? Like she asked about the love child payment, which I'm like, okay. She asked, she basically implicated, she was like, has he ever paid for any women's medical procedures? So he tried to get abortions. Cohen to mm-hmm. be like, has he paid for any abortions? Cohen was like, I don't know. And <laughs> not to my knowledge. Asked about substance abuse. He was like, I don't know. And I just was like, I mean, yeah, this is like interesting if he was going to say yes. But unless you had I some think he reason, was, maybe they were trying to that. Maybe that was like a perjury thing. Like they were trying to to get him to. I just yeah. feel like unless you actually have reason to believe he's going to say yes to that. And that's yeah. something he's like talked about. Like, yeah, but it's have, like you have five minutes. Yeah. Like ask him, like do kind of what AOC did, like nail him down on some real lines of questioning. I don't know. I mean, it was juicy to me, but I was just like, I don't know. Even this isn't how I would use my time. It, it might not have been, but I. it's not like I'm like, there's something they didn't ask about that should have been in that yeah. spot. Like, I guess we could have this five minutes to ask about like if he's really addicted to Adderall. <laughs> right. Like why not? Why not use it? Yeah. Okay. So Trump responded by tweeting, "He's lying in order to reduce his prison time," which is like fairly tame. I think he was happy before the testimony. I think he said it after. Like he tweeted it from Vietnam. I also think that he um he basically like was tired and like didn't feel like going off. And I think he was happy that Cohen didn't like confirm collusion. And so Mm -hmm. he so basically that made him like not want to like attack him he too was, much he's like he was, yeah. lying, he was lying about 95 percent of it but you know like the five percent that he's lying about everything except that i didn't collude yeah also the republicans were like not asking real questions like at all like jim jordan was just kind of being like a crazy asshole but they kept oh, fucking talking about jordan. this like like oh this is gonna be great for your book deal and then cohen had a great response to all of that all i wanted to say is i just find it interesting sir that between yourself and your colleagues, that not one question so far since I'm here has been asked about President Trump. That's actually why I thought I was coming today. Not to, not to confess the mistakes that I've made. I've already done that. But I'm not here today, and the American people don't care about my taxes. They want to know what it is that I know about Mr. Trump. And not one question so far has been asked about Mr. Trump. Burn. Burn. I just want to note that we once did one segment in one podcast about who is the worst person in Congress. Mm -hmm. And the two people who we had up for debate were Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows. Yeah. And I just want to remind anyone who's not clear about Jim Jordan's background after watching his performance yesterday, um, his Trump cabinet audition. Go off, Elise. uh, Is that Jim Jordan was the assistant uh, wrestling coach at OSU what, during a time where the doctor was sexually abusing multiple wrestlers. And there is now an investigation at OSU where several wrestlers have said that Jim Jordan knew about the abuse, covered up for it, and did nothing. So for Jim Jordan to sit there and talk about anybody's fucking character is absolutely insane. Yeah. Yep. He looks evil, too. He does. He, like, looks like someone who would be evil. His evil is coming out of his face. Their whole line, basically, like, the the line that they took was, like, they tried to discredit him, which, yeah, I mean, I guess if we were on the other side of it, that's what you would do. He's kind of an easily discreditable person. They basically were, like, you've lied to Congress. 
you were convicted of lying to Congress. But what's interesting is like they use the fact that he was convicted of lying to Congress to prove that he was a liar. But like the th- he was correcting the rec. I- I'm trying to like it's it's like a mind fuck. But it's like, yeah, he lied about that. But we're here today because he's now telling us the truth about the thing that he lied about that you're saying yeah. is the thing that discredits him. And it was like a mind fuck. Also, like, why is credibility suddenly so important to them? Yeah. Like, yeah. the president's not credible. No. Like, Christine Blasey Ford was very credible. They yeah. didn't yeah. give a single fuck. So mm-hmm. why is the credibility issue suddenly, like, the peak yeah. of well, everything? That's why, that's why it was so important, like, with Cohen showing up with all those receipts and, yeah. you know, like, it's like his corroborating information. It's like he can say what he's saying as long as he you know, has something to substantiate it. Yeah. And like, also those are just the receipts he can show us again. So there's definitely more more down that rabbit hole. The other thing they kept trying to do is like pin him down and say he was trying to write a book or like get money to write a book. That was like one of the big lines. And another thing that they're trying to push is, is this idea that he, um, he he's mad he's disgruntled because they didn't give him a job at the white house to which he responded he was like no i was very content being personal lawyer to the president of the united states also yeah. he was the financial chair of the republican national convention yes like i ha- know like let you forget you fucking idiots like you guys hired him too yeah. all of them all of you all, wow. like your entire yeah. apparatus hired him that's crazy um <sighs> i cohen did have a good another like petty back insults that clip that we would like to play. I yeah. just did like a robot move. Shame on you, Mr. Jordan. Uh, mi- Mr. That's Chair- not what I said. Mr. Shame Mr. On Mr. You. Chairman. That's not what I said. What I said is I took responsibility and I take responsibility. What I was doing is explaining to the gentleman that his facts are inaccurate. Shame on you, Mr. Jordan. Shame on you, Mr. Jordan. They kept trying to hammer him on this and like, they were like, so are you saying the Southern District of New York is wrong? And he's like, no, like he was just trying to it, it was really obvious to me that he was just trying to say they're not wrong about what I did. They're just their idea. This idea that I was mad about not getting a job in the White House is not accurate. That's I, I was happy with being personal lawyer to the president of the United States and of the Republican National Convention. Like that was enough for me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just enough. OK, <sighs> this has been a crazy, crazy time. I'm so excited to see what happens next. I know. Oh, and we forgot to say that he cried. Oh, he cried at the end. he cried. Yeah, how did you feel about it? You know, I think that, I think Michael Cohen genuinely loves his children and his family. Yeah. And I think that this past year has probably fucking sucked for them. And they've probably been like, yo, dad, my life sucks because of you. Um, get your yeah. shit together. And he probably feels bad. I think he's genuinely scared to go to jail. Yeah. I think he's yeah. genuinely like fucked up over everything that has happened. I don't, I, I wouldn't trust him with my I mean, finances. No, or I mean, I don't really, I wouldn't retain him as my I don't, lawyer. I don't really, you can't, I don't no, really sympathize. Oh, he was, yeah. I don't really sympathize with him like too much because he, he's the reason he's in this situation. Yeah. But I do sympathize with his family and because they're being threatened, not just by the president and the, his lawyer, but by like trolls and yeah, people on the and internet. Yeah, and like actual crazy people. Actual crazy people. Like, I don't sympathize with him, but I do believe that like someone can turn themselves around. Yeah. yeah. And I do believe that 
that this is what he's trying to do, whether it's because he got caught or if it's because he genuinely mm-hmm. feels that it's wrong, like doesn't really matter because again, at the end of the day, there's really only one thing that yeah. matters and it's like getting the president. This testimony rang true to me because he brought all the evidence just because of the way he presented it. I felt like he answered questions really well. And also going back to what you were saying earlier, because when there was something that he was like, that's not true. He was really forceful and being like, no, that's not how it works. That's Mm -hmm. not correct. I've never seen that. I don't know anything about that. So I felt like that if he had just gone up there and said yes to every single question by Democrats, even like the most tenuous things, it would have been like, okay, is he just trying to get back up the president? But I feel like because he had some options to like say crazy shit and he didn't do it and he stuck to like the things that were actually part of his testimony, that was what like gave it more veracity to me. I agree. I feel like he was really trying to turn it around. Mm-hmm. I think this will be the first of many times we hear from Michael Cullen. Yeah. Not just Michael Cullen. Yeah, everyone. Other, everyone. Matthew Calamari, <laughs> we're looking at you, buddy. <laughs> okay, let's move on to one more thing. North Korea. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that the nuclear disarmament treaty is like number like the last thing that we have to talk about, but it is. Yeah. yeah. That's fucked up. Okay, so Trump happened to be in North in Vietnam having a nuclear summit with Kim Jong Un at the same time this is happening. And for the first, basically it was three days long. For the first two days, he basically spent like sucking his dick, like literally like <laughs> praising him to the moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Calling him a friend, calling him his friend, saying that they have, we should have a special relationship with North Korea. He said, I think your country has tremendous, tremendous economic potential. I think you will have a tremendous future with your country, a great leader. And I look forward to watching it happen and helping it happen. Uh, okay. This is a man who starves his people. Like what we know you love dictators. Um, at least do something about their nukes. And yeah. now he's claiming that there's no nuclear threat from North Korea anymore. But they but have yeah, they have made no concessions. Yeah, so the the uh, the summit was supposed to continue, but it actually ended early. He's going home yeah. with no agreement because the US and North Korea couldn't actually agree on lifting US sanctions versus them getting rid of all their nuclear testing facilities. Like North Korea wants us to lift sanctions first and we want them to get rid of the test things even though we've already stopped our military exercises on the border of south korea and north korea which was one of our concessions but well they want us out of south korea altogether and the thing is is like you you usually don't make this travel like you don't travel across the world Mm -hmm. um unless you know a deal is going to be signed yeah like usually there's an advanced of lower level diplomats who go and they actually hash out everything before the leaders arrive mm-hmm. and so when the leaders arrive it's more of like a ceremonial thing it, where well, they, no one works at the state department that's the yeah. thing so is there's we no one to do that it just really shows like how much of this was just like a publicity stunt yeah you know it's like i want to get a good photo op people make me think i'm like strong and cool but i think it, it backfired because this happened and i honestly believe that he was just mentally run down and yeah. was just like i'm leaving like because you I think that if he had fight in him, like, I feel like he didn't have any fight in him. Yeah. Because he would have then, like, flipped a table or something. Well, he stayed up late watching this testimony. So he was up until, like, 3 a.m. Nor- uh, Vietnam like, time. Too. He's, yeah. like, he's all pissed off. And it didn't, They he's walking away with friend, no deal. His best friend just betrayed him. In front yeah. of everyone. And his ratings are probably higher than any of Donald's ratings. Yeah, and his new best friend won't even give him the deal that he wants. He's like, does he 
do I even have any friends? Like, and Putin over there. And Putin, like, won't take my calls. He's, like, not answering my texts. Like, what's going on? Saudi Arabia's mad at me about Khashoggi. Yeah, he's like, my whole friend group is falling apart. Um, so oh my God. he reporters did ask him another question that had nothing to do with the nuclear arms uh, treaty. Uh, a while ago, I think in, like, 2015, um, this young man, Otto Warmbier, was mm-hmm. jailed in North Korea. Um, and he was, and then when upon his return to the United States, he was in a coma and then later died. Yeah. And he was perfectly healthy and fine. And he was on trial yes. in North Korea, was able to speak. Um, and we have a clip of the president's response to that. I don't believe that he would have allowed that to happen. It just wasn't to his advantage to allow that to happen. Those prisons are rough. They're rough places and bad things happened. But I really don't believe that he was... Uh, he, he, I don't believe he knew about it. Did he, did he say, did he tell you that he did not, uh, did Kim Jong-un tell you? He felt badly about it. Did I did speak to him. He, he felt very badly. He knew the case very well, but he knew it later. First of all, can I just say that when you're in a country with a supreme leader, <laughs> where there are literally rumors spread that, the, that he's captured multiple unicorns and shit, things don't happen that he doesn't know about. No, especially if you're in North it's Korea. It's like how Donald Trump runs his own organization. He, like, they have an American in prison. Of course fucking Kim, Kim Jong-un knows about it, you yeah. dumbass. There's no way that Kim doesn't, Jong-un doesn't know. Guys, I think you're overestimating his understanding of international relations. Like, he doesn't yeah. know. Well, that it's just like, he like, he'll believe all these dictators. Like, like yeah, he'll see Putin, he Putin will be like, oh, we didn't hack, we didn't hack your election. He's like, oh, I believe Putin. He's like, um, oh, we had nothing to do kill. with Khashoggi. Oh, I believe you. Oh, I have nothing to do with Otto Warmbier. Oh, I believe you. It's like, so now he has, how now he has taken the side of North Korea, Saudi Arabia and Russia. Yes. Over what the intelligence community and it's also crazy because like i feel like one of the big they they brought this up on the npr politics podcast but i feel like one of the big like cornerstones of republican foreign policy is this reagan quote where he said trust but verify right and Mm -hmm. i think that we're we've definitely lost the but verify we're just trust and be too lazy to give a shit if it's in my immediate Mm -hmm. interest in the next five seconds but (laughs) remember remember how pissed off trump was like when this whole like because like remember like in the first year of his presidency North Korea and the, the United States were not, they were talking about their buttons. Yeah. They, I have a bigger button than you. And he ha, like, didn't he bring Otto Warmbier's family? He brought the Warmbier's to the State of the Union. And God, then he doesn't remember. He, he doesn't, doesn't remember, remember that that happened. He's too tired. Like, he's tired. He's tired of always having lawyers calling him being like, you did this wrong. You lied. Blah, blah, blah. He literally, he honestly, like, I see in his, like, stature, he's, like, tired. Like, he's run down and sick of it. One last quit. thing. Go ahead. Quit, please. L- please. First of all, please do. One I last not, thing. Yeah. I wanted to say about this North Korea stuff that I think is very interesting is that currently we're in like all these problems with Venezuela and we're like they're socialist blah 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 he's like ramping up the anti-socialist rhetoric before the 2020 election North Korea is fully communist like 100% a communist party state Mm -hmm. on like on like the the far extreme of that so it's just crazy I feel like I'm like does Trump like legitimately does he know that no, I think that we are putting the we're putting like the theory of mind of like a normal person onto someone who is not normal. Yeah. Like he's just not. And like it'd be great if he was able to come to some agreement. Like I would love for us not for nu- for North Korea to not have nuclear weapons and for him to figure that out. But it's just like this isn't how you do it. It's not working and you can't 
it's just not how you do it. No. And it actually makes us look ridiculous for you to go meet with him and then leave and be like, yeah, nothing happened. Like the the pre- the the leader of North Korea, basically he has elevated Kim Jong-un to the same standing as the president of the United States. Like he has yeah. met him as an equal and then left a meeting with him with no agreement. And so now it's like Kim Jong-un all North Korea has ever wanted was, was to this. be considered a legitimate country and to be in the mm-hmm. legitimate country club. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and now they're in it. And now they're in it because of this. Wow. And they have not really... had to give up anything. Mm-hmm. And we have left South, like our military operations on the border. And, it's just ridiculous. Did you see that clip of uh, Kim Jong Un security guards like running alongside the cars and jumping in while they're moving? Because yeah. they like were tra- like after the summit ended, like like quick like before it was supposed to, the cars were driving away and the security guards were running after the cars. Like, wait, we thought it was and they were delayed. jumping in. It was so weird. It's, it's like just park for thirty seconds. Kim Jong Un's entire posse, anytime they show up anywhere, is so like. Remember at the Olympics, he had like the cheering, like just like the cheerleader squad uh-huh. of just like cute North Korean girls who were like, yay. Yeah, oh and they would just kind of walk around and be like, "Yay!" Uh, like the, the first the, the, during the first summit, <laughs> the security me. guards were like surrounding the car and yes. running alongside the car. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're very isolated, so I feel like they don't even know. they don't realize that like this looks bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't have TV; they have no idea. No, no. All right, guys. Wow. Tune in on Saturday for or Sunday this weekend for our new bonus series called Let's Fucking Do It, mm-hmm. which is a series about activism. Each month we're going to be exploring something that you can do specifically to support whatever cause you want. And our first topic is about the Democratic primary. So wow. tune in, get excited. And yeah, I think that's been our show. Yep. Until yeah. the end of democracy, guys. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. Sign up for the email too. Bye. Betches.